It's the last phase, vanished into ash, unfathomable mind, now begin, now see. Uh, uh, Dr. Ventress? Lena. We spoke. What was it that we said? That I needed to know what was inside the lighthouse. That moment's past. It's inside me now. What's inside you? It's not like us. It's unlike us. I don't know what it wants or if it wants. Right. But it will grow until it encompasses everything. Our bodies and our minds will become fragmented into our their smallest parts until not one part remains. That sounds bad. Annihilation. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got My day. Let's take me for you. Let's drop fucking everybody on. Good, great, grand, wonderful. Welcome to Facing Off. This is a podcast about movies in which Gabe and I rate movies and compare and contrast them. We have just crashed into a lighthouse together. And things are starting to get pretty weird, so we should just jump right into this one, Annihilation versus Arrival, right, man? How are you, Gabe? Hi, I'm Gabe. Uh, I'm doing okay, ma'am. I am losing my mind, slowly but surely, changing my facial hair each day, becoming a new me, (laughs) making cocktails. That intro, um, uh, fun fact for all you guys out there, that intro wasn't even from one of these two movies. Gabe just wrote that. Yeah, I actually woke up in the morning and it was just started what I was saying about. unfathomable mind. You, you know, know, that's that's basically my favorite phrase. As one uh, does, as one does, as one is wont to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing Arrival versus Annihilation, but first we got plenty of shoutouts. People heeded my call. Is that the right thing? Heed, head, heeded, heed, heeded, heathed, heathed. No, it's, I think it's heated. People heard my call oh, and yeah. they that responded in email form. Uh, first of all, just want to give a quick shout out to Ryan Martin, Marty, who's a huge fan of the podcast, really liked our last episode. He always gives me uh, cool comments on each of them. So I appreciate it, Marty. Thank you for listening. Uh, one day we'll have you on. Uh, next, we got another email from Otto and it was pretty fucking funny. Oh, we did? Yeah, it was in response. I Hit should send me. you these emails, but I like reading them. Hit me. Um, No, it's better this way. He goes, hello, podcasters. First, I want to say I love the fake ads you've done a bit recently. 
I've excited. I'm excited to get a free degree from SNHU with my <laughs> promo code. Yeah, uh, go to SNHU.com/facingoffpod. Enter promo code facing off and, and get a free I just got, master's degree. Yeah, I just got my my delivery of kids on bikes. Um, I couldn't be happier with my purchase. Yeah, this episode is also brought to you by Kids on Bikes. Uh, he said Snowpiercer's originality should have been a zero. It's literally a copy of Willy Wonka. A rich business owner leaves messages and food to lead people to him so that he can find a successor. A group of characters slowly get weeded out as they travel further into the factory or train. Both Wonka and Wilford have a spy working for them that's helping to push characters towards their goal. Both movies critique class structures and destiny. Sincerely, Otto Herman. Wow. And then he put a P.S., Wikipedia defines pretentious as someone who says hitherto undreamt of. Boom roasted. Nice, nailed it. Okay. Wow, that also, that Willy Wonka thing just blew my mind. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, and I love Willy Wonka. So thank you, Otto. Fuck Snowpiercer. Dude. Once again. Otto should uh, I got just an do this email from uh, Mama uh, Michelle. I'm oh, going yeah. to ignore half of it where it's just talking about Snowpiercer and what she didn't like about it and mostly agrees with us and that she likes Parasite and though excellent and unique and stunning she can't say it's one of the most perfect movies ever but what does she know (laughs) Um, anyways she then said Nick thank you for reminding me of Brazil I remember when I first saw it I was quite blown away I had to go and see it a couple more times in the theaters it actually is the first Monty Python related movie that I really enjoyed and so That's wrong because Monty Python movies are fucking great and you're dumb. Um, In some (laughs) ways, that was the most visually stunning and compelling movie I had seen up to that point. I know films have come a long way since then, but it was really quite remarkable at the time. It holds up. Just you mentioning the title brought up so many images. I'm going to try to find it to see it again now. And by your enthusiasm, I'm assuming it's held up okay. Oh, Michelle. I think it definitely holds up. This is the second time I've seen it. I really like that movie. Sweet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, Layla Connie Lay, uh, who is the person I talk to the most about movies, um, I asked her because she did not like Annihilation when she first saw it, and she really liked Arrival. I asked her to send me some thoughts. So here's just the, the beginning of the email, and then I'm going to insert her thoughts into our discussion later because I think we're going to okay. have some cool and then- discussion. Okay, okay. She goes, I, see. I am a much better conversationalist as opposed to writer, so bear with me as I try and lay out my thoughts for you. Also, read all the way through because I do write nice things at the bottom. I still very much did not enjoy that movie. I hated the ambiguity. It was almost like the entire film just relied upon its viewer not asking questions. As I watched the movie, I wrote comments in a note, so I have pasted all my notes below. Okay, we will insert some of your nice. notes later and argue with you or agree with you. All right. Thank I like you that. for sending us an I email. like that, and I think this is a good time to shout out my fiance Julie, who helps me write most of my Hi, notes. Hi, Julie. And uh, provides another perspective so that uh, I can give our ratings in a nice, well-rounded manner. Um, Let's hear and it, that baby. is important for, for Annihilation this time. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. For me hit to... us with the synopsis. Okay. So, Would you please? Uh, in Annihilation... An alien entity crash lands inside of a lighthouse near some swamplands in Florida. Is it Florida? Yeah, Florida. Of course, it's the most Florida thing that ever happens. Uh, Is it Florida? I don't know. It's almost like Louisiana. I don't know. It's It's a a swamp. Dirty swamp. Uh, I don't think they ever tell us. The entity causes a shimmer that appears. Oh wait, no, no, no. Hold on. It's Maryland because she uh, she works at Johns Hopkins. Oh, for 
Yeah, you're right. Okay. The entity causes a shimmer. That's convenient that she's so close. Uh, the shimmer appears as if a large force field is growing out from the lighthouse and into the surrounding area. Lena is a biologist at John Hopkins who's taken to the shimmer after her husband Kane returns from a military expedition and begins to suffer massive organ failure. We learn that Kane was deployed into the shimmer with a crew and is the only survivor to leave the shimmer alive. Lena and a crew of four other women enter the shimmer together on a quest to reach the lighthouse. Things don't go well as the crew loses their concept of time, suffers odd moments of blackout, and discovers that everything in the shimmer is mutating as the DNA and basically the soul of everything, all the plants and all the living animals in the shimmer reflects and bounces back and blends together. One woman is eaten by a mutant bear. One woman turns into a plant. One woman is also eaten by the mutant bear, but the mutant bear screams like the first victim, once it eats the second victim. And the leader, Ventress, who has cancer, this is important, reaches the lighthouse just before Lena. At this point, things get really weird. Lena discovers a video camera with footage. At this point, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kane exploding himself, and then uh, a double of Kane escaping the lighthouse. She also discovers that Ventress has become one with the Shimmer, and then Ventress pukes and vanishes. When a drop of Lena's blood enters into the puke void at the center of the lighthouse, a doppelganger Lena is born and almost kills real Lena. Lena explodes the doppelganger, which then crawls while on fire into the heart of the lighthouse and kills the Shimmer. Lena escapes, Kane survives, and the Shimmer is gone forever or is it or is it in arrival a dozen lens shaped alien ships touch down across the globe in a seemingly random fashion the ships open once per day for two hours at a time various governments across the globe work to communicate with the seven-legged creatures who have fashioned gravity-defying viewing rooms in order to pass along some message to the human race the american government enlists physicist ian and linguist louise the hottest experts ever to try and yeah. decipher the mysterious language of the heptapods. After a number of trial runs, Luis is able to discern that the heptapods write in a nonlinear format that implies the experience of time altogether all at once, rather than in a linear fashion. They experience time altogether all at once. Not linear. As Luis mm. becomes engrossed in the in the heptapod language, the world grows weary of the alien visitors. A group of American soldiers plant a bomb in the American heptapod ship while Russian and Chinese forces issue an ultimatum to the heptapods. Luis begins to experience time as the heptapods do, and the viewer learns that Luis's flashbacks through the whole movie to her daughter's life and death are actually flash forwards as Luis is experiencing her future life married to Ian with a daughter. Luis is able to meet the Chinese general in the future and utilize information from that meeting to inform her present-day race to inform the world that the heptapods are there to give them the gift of nonlinear language and thought so that humanity can work together for once and in the future and always and then 3,000 years from now save the heptapod race. Luis manages to convince China to back down. The world begins to share their information about the heptapod language freely as Luis chooses to follow her path into the future without regret. Whoa. Is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do after every one of your synopses. Uh, anyways, thank you for writing those down. Those are good sum- summaries of those movies. Uh, I mean, just quickly why we're doing these, because they're not really that similar in plot. Um, they're, they, well, both they, have... they, they have similar concepts. They're about yeah. they're sci-fi movies about the arrival of some sort of uh, very unhuman-like entity that has an ambiguous reason for being here, but right. is not necessarily um, antagonistic. Yeah, and I think they have similar tones, and I think they, they have do. similar like structuring, ambiguous uh, structure throughout it. So it's a good I comparison it'd be a fun to one. do. Yeah, it's a real yeah. fun one, and um, 
we were we almost changed it and then we did it and i'm really glad we did because these movies are fun to talk about they are so let's talk about them let's break them down uh we go over five categories and we use a rating scale on each of those categories of one to seven one being lowest seven being highest four being middlest average or neutral uh let us kick it off with our first category originality which is where we talk about um, how creative the movie was. Did it need to be made, especially if it was based on previous source material? Uh, did it have unique ideas? Does the Did you like its structuring and its themes and ideas and the execution? Let's start it off. Uh, I think we're going to talk a lot in this section. So let's start it off with Arrival. I'm really glad that we started with this one because... Um both of these movies are based off of uh, written material. But, but very loosely based off of. Kind at least in of. the Annihilation is extremely loosely based. Right. And we're starting with, what did you Arrival. say? Arrival. Arrival. Arrival, yeah, I was going to say, Arrival's not loosely based off of its source material. It is, um, it only changes, at least based on the Wikipedia article, because I haven't read it, even though I really want to now. It's not... It, it it just changes like very minor things. Like there are 112 ships that come and they're not ships. They're like portals. Well, there's more development of certain characters too. Like Colonel Weber isn't a big part of the short story, but he's a big part of the movie. And I think for like good reason. It, I mean, there are differences, but yeah, for sure. It's, it's pretty similar. And the guy who wrote it was really happy with adaptation. Yeah. And I really... Like, I initially gave it a much higher rating, and I ended up at a five for Arrival, because I think that the the twist is original. The theme of dealing with the inevitability of, uh, like, how you deal with the inevitable, which is kind of the central theme of Arrival once we get to the end, is not dealt with in a similar way in any other movie I can think of. Right. Um, but I had to dock it points because it's, like, very, like, follows very literally the storyline of the book or the short story um hmm. there are only minor differences yeah, I, I, like okay. so i couldn't I mean, really give it like a super original score like i wanted to once i learned that it's based off something else so it's interesting i think even though i mean i might spoil we'll see once we break it down but in in general i think i like arrival more than annihilation and i think it's like objectively a better movie um, I think there, even, even with that, I think that there is less to say in terms of the originality of Arrival to talk about because it is, it's not a simple movie, but it, you, not a lot is left unexplained, which is really great. And right. I actually appreciate that, but I might not say as much. I do want to say like, we always talk about in originality, we talk about like the believability of a movie uh, or of a story and its themes and how it's executed. And I really like how procedural this movie is mm -hmm. um, with the military and the scienti uh, scientists and the process of understanding the aliens, how the world reacts to the aliens is like believable. How False. certain members of the military react is False, believable. False, dude. They didn't, they don't even mention stocking up on toilet paper, which is apparently uh, well, like a but huge they, thing. But they like raid stores, which means oh, that they, they were probably raiding for toilet paper uh i like how they have one thing that he does really well in his script is he has who's he Lou, uh denis villeneuve the director and writer of this. um well although i i think someone else did the screenplay but it's he worked dennis it villanueve dude in, in denis villeneuve um he's from montreal 
Um, I like how they have Dr. Luis Banks, like, simplify and discuss everything with Colonel Weber. I think that's yeah. actually, like, a really smart storytelling technique, and it yeah. doesn't feel like too much exposition. It's literally like, hey, the audience also doesn't understand this at a high level. Can you simplify it for mm-hmm. us as you show us the more complex And it's stuff. really cool because the, the writer of the uh, original short story, which is called uh, Story of Your Life, his name mm-hmm. is Ted Chang. Um, he spent years researching the ins and outs of like linguistics in order Mm -hmm. to write that movie. And he also spent like a very long time researching different, um, like, uh, uh, what am I thinking? Physics theories, different theories of physics and time. Yeah. In order to, to come up with his book because he wanted the, he wanted the central like theme of it to really be palpable and also um like true to real life so it's cool cool. that the movie spends the time doing the same right yeah and and i appreciate that about the movie i i do you know i also like that denis puts you he puts the audience in the place of the main character where you are kind of learning at the same pace it's like sicario although you're a couple steps ahead in this Mm -hmm. um it's really cool to show this like u- this universal language and the ways of viewing time are so fascinating. Like um, they, a lot of it is based off of like Einstein's quote where he says the distinction between the past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion, which I love. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, the idea of the movie is communication is key. It, it is. And the way that time works in it is brilliant. And the moment that she talks to the Chinese general is like a really, really well done scene. And it feels like a Christopher Nolan, like end of a movie bomb that he drops on you. Um, You know, how he uses the score and the cinematography to advance the themes of the movie is Mm -hmm. really brilliant. Um, It's probably one of the most interestingly, like specific alien ideas I've seen, Mm -hmm. the heptapods. Uh, and the way they communicate is unbelievably cool and crazy, yeah. and a lot of thought went into it. Um, and the and okay, so one last thing, Nick and I talk about this constantly, it, like or at least lately we have been. The military in sci-fi movies is, or the government is usually fucking awful, and every decision they make is just like wow, they are so villainous. And this movie wasn't as black and white. There were ma- many things being balanced, and I thought they handled it really well. And they did every aspect of the military and intelligence community and governments and global government community. Yeah, it has some really interesting like geopolitical ideas in it. I just yeah. like my final take on this is like I think the story. The story written by Ted Chang, A Story of Your Life, sounds incredibly original. Yes. Yeah. Arrival takes from that so that it can't, like, I can't give it a really high originality. I just think Denis Villeneuve, like, at, I'm going to give it a six, just slightly above you. Okay, I'm not going to give it a I, That's what I originally gave it before I learned how closely it mirrors the book. So, okay, we'll, we'll shift to Annihilation in okay. terms of originality. Because I am annihilation between a six and a seven. Interesting. I gave it a... You're you're not gonna like this. I gave it a five. I mean, no, I, it's not that I don't like it. I think we should discuss this because there are a lot of things that are like brilliantly put into this. Okay, because Annihilation is also based on a book, but it is very loosely adapted from the book. And I know because I deep dove into the Wikipedia for the Southern Reach trilogy, 
and read the, <laughs> the summary for all three Ooh, books. <laughs> wait, wait. So, so I have when a couple interesting out. notes about just the book itself. So, like, okay. Jeff Vandermeer's uh, novels and his Southern Reach trilogy are, like, famously unadaptable. Like, re- they're, like, very complex to understand, very ambiguous in certain ways, and nobody would have touched this, except for Alex Garland is, like, a crazy person. Um, but he changed a lot of it, and he wrote the screenplay before the other two books were written. Mm-hmm. So that's why the end is especially completely different, because the end of the first book ends when she goes into the lighthouse yeah. or whatever. And this one, he fu- he fucking closes it. And um, he also never reread the book. He just read it one time, adapted it into a screenplay, and then he wanted the screenplay to be like a dream version of the book. And I love that. So then let's get into a discussion of the themes that me and you have been kind of like slightly arguing about, though I think we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page. I mean, it's a very symbolic movie. It reminds me, if I can call back another sci-fi movie, it reminds me a lot of uh, Solaris. Yeah. Uh, It's it's actually even more similar to his movie Stalker, Tarkovsky's movie Stalker, which I just watched last night. I got to watch that one. But like the concept of this like alien entity that is not necessarily that is not what we think of as like an entity or a creature it's just like it just is it has a totally different way of of um and not even like in arrival where they they the heptapods conceptualize time in a different way it just is in a different way it exists in a different way than us this like yeah. entity that crashes into the lighthouse and starts to turn everything into everything else yep. uh is a cool concept but i think it calls back to other sci-fi movies See, i don't know i do but i don't think so the thing is is like here some people don't really understand with science fiction that science fiction like Sometimes you the the beauty of science fiction and why some people really like reading sci-fi novels over any other is that you can give uh, you can give ideas in the form of a weird ass fucking story yeah. and the aliens and the technology and stuff sometimes doesn't even matter it's a way of masking whatever the the actual ideas are mm-hmm. and what I love about this movie and what I what I think is great about it is that you can always discuss it because. Really, the, je- the, the two main themes of this movie that are very, very well fleshed out in, in interesting ways, although you know not necessarily as explicit as some people would like, are the themes of cancer and self-destruction. Yeah. And, and both of those go hand in hand, and some people read it as mostly being about self-destruction, and some people read it as mostly being about cancer. There have been like cancer survivors who have like talked about that you know film school rejects had an article about that about like Mm -hmm. surviving cancer and what this movie means about that in terms of cancer uh what i really like that he writes in there is each of the characters represent ways of of handling cancer whether that be you getting it or someone that you love getting it so josie doesn't fight it. She lets it become a part of her. She accepts the reality of it. Ventress is a person who actually has cancer and wants to search to understand it and face it before letting it consume her, just right. to get an understanding. Anya is arrogant and ignorant about it, and she's frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina is, or Le- sorry, Lena is trying to understand and fight it for some sort of redemption because she right. feels some sort of guilt. What I am confused about is Shepard. I think, like, 
so the Swedish woman, her approach and her purpose is like a little bit more ambiguous. Uh, ambiguous. Her daughter died of leukemia, mm-hmm. and she went to search for meeting. And then I guess maybe it's like she met the cruel reality of the randomness and brutality of cancer. Yeah, she's almost like accepted it and put it behind her. But it right. always stays with her. Even though it's behind yeah. her, it still follows her. Which is which in a second I'll get to the ending, which I, I think is a really cool part about like surviving cancer. Right. Um, also, there are tumors all over in the form of beautiful rainbow molds and cross species like hybrid mutations that are sometimes scary or sometimes just like something you can't explain. Right. And there's that line where it's like, is that a pathology? And she's like, if you saw this in a person, you definitely think it was a pathology. Right. Uh, yeah. Wait, it's so and I and I love that they have a biologist in there that is explaining everything because that sh- you have to have someone explaining that. Right. Um so in terms of the self-destruction which I really like, I mean, in other like cancer is also a form of destruction by se- it's it's the destruction of self by biological means mm-hmm. in a certain way. Each of them have issues or damages that they come in with that I love. There's the sober addict uh, there's the su- the person who had suicidal attempts uh, that wanted to feel something. Right. There's the person with the loss of a child. There's someone with no family or friends or close people, and she has cancer and doesn't do anything about it. And then there's the loss of a husband slash self-destruct, uh, self-destructing cheater who, like, hate fucks her colleague. <laughs> Uh, I love the themes of like self-destruction versus suicide versus the outside force of cancer affecting these decisions, like something that you can't even do. Um, the tattoo on their arms represents mm-hmm. like self-destruction because it's a snake eating itself. Yeah, yeah. Th- that symbol is all over. There's three different tattoos. It's on, what is Gina Rodriguez's character's name? Uh, the most annoying character. Yeah, it's on her arm first. Anya. And then- Anya, and then it ends up on Lena's arm, Natalie Portman's character, and it's also on the body of the man whose body turns into eels, and then also into a wall. Oh decoration. man, the way that that's played out is crazy. So, what do you think about the ending? Do you do you think that L- Lena is Lena or not? We are lumping a ton of stuff into originality, but I do think. Do you want to move on to? Something I do else? think that she's still Lena at the end. My my thing with the originality of this movie is that. It is, it is, it spawns a lot of discussion and it's easy to wrap that discussion up in what we're talking about, but I like in talking about it, but when it's in the movie itself, I just don't see it as being this like huge original revelation of a film. I think it has like those two themes that you're talking about. I tend to see it more as like, like talking more about self-destruction rather than cancer. But like you said, they're interchangeable in a way. And it is talking about both of them. I just don't see that as being incredibly original in a, like in a movie like this. And it's, it's extremely messy in the movie too. It's easy to talk about, but it's really messy in, in the movie. And I think because of that, I'm going to move it down to a six too. And I'm going to tie it with arrival there. Okay. Even though I think it is a brilliant, that is like the strong suit of the movie for me is the themes. Um, yeah, okay, definitely. so I, I let's totally move on agree. to our next category because we talked for a while now. Let's talk about spectacularity, which is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie, whether uh, you were worried about runtime and distracted on your phone or heavily engaged and really wanted to know what was going to happen next. Um, I want to start this with Annihilation, and I just want to start the conversation with Scream Bear, 
the bear of screams. Is that the fucking creepiest thing of all time? And if not, tell me what is. It's like part cow too. Yeah, it's, it's it is it's, weird. I will talk about an eye candy. I was I was gonna say I'm gonna talk about screen bear and eye candy because that's I think what it where it, it it comes into this. But I think that uh, not, this is a tough you you, you organized. Uh, pr- pr- shout out to you for organizing these in a in an interesting way. These categories, spectacular is a really hard category for me when talking about annihilation because to me I think it's. I've seen it twice now, saw it in theaters, and to me, the movie is like a six. Yeah. In, but I think that t- overall, what taking into other people's uh, opinions on this movie, reading reviews, talking to Julie about it, I'm going to give it a five because mm. it is, like I said, it is so bizarre and so symbolic in nature that it it drives people away and takes people out of the movie at points. However, I do love the soundtrack. I love the pacing of the movie. It's just there are, and there's one particular scene that pulls me out of it. I like most of it, but the scene where Tessa Thompson accepts the mutations and is just like, I'm going to walk away and turn into a plant now. I love that scene. I think it's super dumb. I, it's, it's how quickly it happens. I kind of like, and I like that whole dialogue scene is like my favorite dialogue scene in the movie. I don't think the Tessa Thompson's character is fleshed out enough to have that dialogue mean Jack to me at that point. I dude. Okay. I want to, I am, I'll I'll bring that back up to in acting. I do agree with a lot of what you said. I actually kind of lumped that into legacy because I kind of talk about how other people approach. Like I'm not going to give it a, a subpar rating. In, in hardly any category, Annihilation, because I personally like it, but I also think that it's a deeply flawed sci-fi movie. For sure. And I, I do too. I, I will say, I, I give it a six. I think that, um, and I'm just going off of personal reasons for it. I, and I'm remembering when I first saw it, and then when I rewatched it, this was the second time I've ever seen it. Um, it's a little less than two hours, and that's great for the type of movie it is, especially totally. with how many ideas are in it. Um, it could have been longer. Um, I think it hooks you pretty quickly with the interrogation scene at the very beginning with Benedict Wong. I think that yeah. gets you into the movie. Yeah. Um, it The disorientation of everything, I didn't find it distracting. I found it more like putting together a puzzle. Um, and the random bits of horror keep your heart rate elevated yeah. when you're watching it like scream yeah. bear the bear the, of screams like i said the pacing is uh, is excellent i think in annihilation yeah to me, that's a great me. way of putting it dude i gotta say like it's also really haunting in certain parts like the video footage of the soldiers is like it's it's that's something that's been in my mind for a long time mm-hmm. like since this movie came yeah. out it's really disturbing that's one of the and most engaging things to me thinking about what happens to each mutated person and animal we see we yeah. see me the, see? The, like the images <laughs> just, are like things you can remember. I just slipped into Jar Jar Binks. That me see. That me see. Uh, 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 everything like trying to think about what happens to each mutated creature and person, and like how it got there and how the that how did that guy that Oscar Isaac cuts open was he just like dude there are straight up eels inside me oh, and dude, everyone they had was already like, lost their mind at that point. I know, but how did he explain it to them? And they were like, wait. Let's cut them open. Let's find the eels. They could probably see it on the outside that things are moving inside. Probably, him. dude. I, I so okay. One big reason why I have to uh, give it a lot: the last third of the movie, the the act that's called the lighthouse, is just 
like start to finish fucking so engaging and yeah. so good. Um, it doesn't work for everybody, but it's awesome. And it's essentially just the, the story of the true nature of the shimmer and, and the relationship between Nina and or Lena and Kane. I kept fucking writing Nina. Um, <laughs> Alex Garland, you mentioned this, is so fucking good at soundtracks and scores. Yeah. And this is this has to be one of the most unique scores because, like, for most of the movie, it's acoustic. Name another fucking sci-fi movie that has an acoustic guitar as its score. Uh, and then later, it's like... Yeah, and then it just becomes the most ridiculously sci-fi sound it's once so you trippy. enter into the shimmer. Just fucking that's what blazing I like about nugs and watching Annihilation. I like I know, I'm going to give it a six because of personal reasons. I, uh, all right, I, let's talk I about Arrival, know. though. Um, Sorry, Arrival is also not perfect, but I gave Arrival a higher score. I gave it a six. I really enjoy watching Arrival. I enjoyed it a lot both times I've seen it. The reveal over time that she's not getting flashbacks, but that they are flash forwards is a legitimately great reveal. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's legitimately one of the better reveals in a movie. Like, it's just very simple and crisp, and you just know, like, oh, oh my god, that's what's been happening this whole time. Mm-hmm. And then it's, I don't know, really, like, after you find that out, then then you're like, oh my god, she's like a super person now. She oh, like, I totally, I totally. She, like, almost f- mutates. She, like, finds the way that it's presented to you, She gets the weapon too. that they provide. Yeah, yeah, the way that it's presented to you, too, where she gets these, like, like, hits of like, whoa, what the hell am I seeing? But you don't know what's happening to her is yeah. really cool and engaging. Um, the soundtrack, again, is awesome. Awesome? Awesome? It's awesome. The <laughs> soundtrack is awesome. Can't talk, man. The soundtrack, again, is awesome. I think it won an award for sound mixing, right? An Academy uh, Award? Sound editing, I think. Sound editing? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like That's you said, not... yeah. uh, the General Shang reveal is really, really cool. Um, yeah. Does that reveal hold up to you the second time you saw it though? Okay. So even the first time I saw it, I liked it, but I was like, that's kind of corny. Like it just is like, a mo- like the way that they present it is kind of like, it's just like, look at the beauty of communication. And it, like that kind of is a little corny, but at the same time, it's great. So I'm not, I don't, I didn't dislike it. And they I go, do, uh, oh, they that's do. what made this movie not just a sci-fi movie, like a best picture nominee. Yeah. They, they leave you um, some like really obvious breadcrumbs too. Yeah. That, that I don't love. That's why it's not a seven to me. So I, I gave it a six as well. I So uh, another movie that has a great runtime, a little bit under two hours. Mm-hmm. Also, Denny Villeneuve like loves to go over. He loves making long movies because he's a fucking sick boss. Um, so I appreciated that it was a little shorter and he got everything in. Dude, that Max Richter song that they use at the beginning and at the end is like, it's the that song that you hear in like, 10 other movies and in every video blog about like the beauty of cinematography. It's always played. Um, but I love that. Um, and then the score in the, the actual score by Johan Johansson, um, who, uh, who died RIP. Um, he, it's fucking great and it's eerie. And then there's that really cool part where it's like the tribal voice choir. That's like in devs, Alex Garland's TV Mm -hmm. show where it's like, and they're go dude it's like it's so fucking cool um they hook you in right at the very beginning with the death of her daughter i like that is a good way of getting me into a movie emotionally um 
Dude, the first moment where you see the shell, the spaceship, and the fog is rolling in, I was like, I've never seen fog that way. It was so cool. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, he films it in such a scary and trippy way, but also like a beautiful way where you're like drawn in. Dude, and fucking China and Russia, man. Like they always there's one other storyline of any movie. There's one other country that falls suit with them that I can't remember. Dude, there were plenty of countries, but the, China and Russia were the worst. It, fuck China, dude. Yeah, if you're listening to me, China, I don't they care. play. They play a game. Who plays who? who? They play a game with the aliens. Ooh, who, really who good that? engaging moment. Oh yeah, they, she, like that is such a good way that she explains why playing a game is a problem. <laughs> what is that um, game called? Uh, Mao. <sighs> Dude. You were about to say Mao Zedong, and that's not no, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> Mahjong, Mahjong. That's yeah, it. They yeah. They the play pilot. Mahjong with the Dude, aliens. Really cool engaging moment is when Luis breaks, like disobeys all orders, and like takes off her mask and everything, and like, yeah. and she's like, "Now that's a proper introduction." Um, dude, also my heart rate is jacked to the fucking tits when they put the bomb in there, and they're just standing there next to the bomb. I will say the last third of Annihilation is more engaging to me than Arrival. I just think Arrival is a better movie and you and I, it hooks your like the average person's attention more. Yeah. Um so I gave it a 6. It's not yeah, that's so why I gave, I gave it a, a higher score. Well. All right, yeah. let's move on to our next category, actoring. Actoring is where we talk about the performances. So, like, uh, was the acting good, and did the directors and writers give them the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities? And a lot with movies like this, like sci-fi movies, comes into the writing of dialogue. So let's start with Arrival. Um, okay. This is tough for me. Okay, continue. Um I think the acting is really good, but I am not blown away by any of it. And I here's the thing. Like, I think Amy Adams is a great actress. It, it, in, it, you could put her in any role, and she will be better than probably like 90% of other actors. She is always solid. I am rarely blown away by her, and she is highly overrated in this movie. Mm-hmm. People were like pissed that she didn't win. Uh, it was crazy she even got nominated that year, but they were pissed she didn't win. Oh, excuse me. Natalie Portman got fucking robbed as Jackie O in the movie Jackie that year because Emma Stone won for La La Land. She was great, but not better than Natalie Portman. No. Um, It's good, though. I I think it's a good good performance, and it's solid, and I I don't have a problem with it. Um, Dude, she has to be like a huge sociopath to know exactly what's going to happen in her relationship with, with Jeremy Renner and with her daughter dying, to lie literally every day to him until she finally reveals what happens, and to have that kid. The movie starts to fall apart when you think about that, <laughs> that that she learns the heptapods' written language, which is different than their uh, spoken language. language. Yeah. In the In the book, they call it heptapod A and heptapod B. Heptapod oh, cool. A is their spoken language. Heptapod B is the nonlinear. They actually, it's actually called teleo, uh, t. Oh, this is a really hard word to say. Teleologic. Teleologic. Teleologic is the explanation of phenomena in the terms of the purpose they serve, rather than the cause by which they arise. Mm, so okay. that everything has just exists for a purpose, rather than exists to cause something. And yeah. that's the way that she starts to think. That like everything has a purpose. So then that means that her thought process, once she learns that, must have been 
oh, I just need to do all these things because they happen and I see them happening all right now in front of me as long as I think in this language. Well, without ruining devs, I think that's like a cool to compare this to what happens in devs right. is like that's all about free will and determination. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I kept thinking about the whole time too. And it trying to like think about what must have been happening in Amy Adams' character's head starts to like break the movie if you think about it too hard. Right. Like you're saying for her to like she's either a sociopath or learning the heptapod written language and understanding the world in a teleologic sense just makes you so not human anymore. Yeah, and it, you and aren't she's a sociopath. You're just calm, yeah. yeah, you're just not a person anymore. You just fundamentally change. Well, what did you think about like the other performances? I mean, uh, Jeremy and, Renner is amazing. In but it. that's what I'm. That's what I'm leading to is like that is not conveyed in Amy Adams yeah, <laughs> at I all. Agree. Like she just conveys the character as like, this is her, this is Luis. And it's like Luis changes drastically by the end of, she yeah. literally becomes, she it stops being human almost. Right. But it doesn't, you don't see that. But it doesn't that. translate to what you see. No, yeah. you don't see that. And I think, I totally agree with everything you said. Amy Adams is overrated. I never like Jeremy Renner in anything except the town. I just think he's so blah, dude. Oh, I, I think he's great in this. I think it's like a really good, subtle performance, and I and I really like it. I think um. that Arrival is carried by the score and the story, and almost everything else distracts from it. Like I really don't like Dude. Forrest Whitaker's accent in the movie, well, I, oh, but he's but he's that's good. Just, that's not the thing is that's Forrest Whitaker. He's not doing an accent. He has some weird slur that I've always had a problem with. No, but I will he, say this is one of his better late career roles. He's I think he puts on bad. like a he does like a New Yorky thing in this. I mean, something maybe, like that. Dude, but he has that weird slur that I I don't like. Yeah, you know who I love? Michael Stuhlbarg is like the best character actor alive. Yes. A hundred percent. The CIA guy. He's yeah, so good. He's so good. I just think that um, I'm going to give it another five. I put a five same. slash six, but I'm going to give it a five. Same. I did um, the exact same thing. And I'm I doing think the, the writing and the directing is excellent, but the acting is um, fine. It's just like that. fine. Well, what's, okay. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you there. What about uh, Annihilation? I initially gave this a five, but I'm honestly going to give it a four. Same. Wow, really? Here's the thing. Nat Natalie hey, Portman. Man. We, hey, hey man, look at us. Hey man, hey man. Uh, the <laughs> by the way, to our audience, some of our phone conversations literally start like that for the first like five minutes. Before yeah, we, we just don't say it. anything. Um, we just go, hey man, um, why, dude, okay, so, I, I love Natalie Portman. I think yeah. she's great in almost everything. Um, I I think it's a good performance. I don't think it's fantastic, but it's good. I do the two best performances to me, and actually to Layla. Um, who had uh, written in, I don't know if I, oh, I've forgotten to insert some of her notes, um, but I, I will okay. in a little bit. I, I think her and Tessa Thompson are the best two act actresses in it. Oh and boy, I, okay. and I think that the interaction between them is about refraction and how it's refracting into them and how they're both in before Tessa Thompson walks off the way that they're reacting to it, that her, she is understanding it and she's at peace with it. And Natalie Portman is fucking terrified. That mm -hmm. is refracting into her, it, like it, creating that tattoo. And she knows it's um, too late. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that that's a really good scene. 
But other, and then I think Oscar Isaac is great in a really small role. Um, Layla had mentioned that she thought the chemistry was bleh. Um, I disagree, and I think she's missing the point that there was an issue in their relationship. Yeah, that, that their, their relationship just has like moments, but it's not sustained. Well, the part when he's like tickling her in the bed is like legitimately looks like a real couple in that scene. And then when you get to later parts, you notice that she she felt neglected that he was going off um, on these like missions and stuff. And she felt because in the relationship, he's just a soldier and she is working at Johns Hopkins and was a soldier, she fucking hate fucks one of her colleagues because she thinks that she is a better per- She thinks probably that she's a more intelligent person than him. So I think there were like, that's why they are different people. And that was an issue. I, um, um just as a side note, while you're talking about him, that dude's bad at acting. Who? He is not good in this movie. Her. Oh yeah. He's really colleague. good in Interstellar though. Yeah. But he's just like, I, I don't, I don't know. There's like this, well, it, it, Layla said that he he felt like he was from some other movie, like he didn't fit. He didn't. I, fit. I disagree agree. because I think he was supposed to sound nerdy to a certain degree because he's one of her colleagues, and he's still a pretty handsome guy. But he's just like has that weird nerdy voice. It works really well in Interstellar when they find him on the ship. Um, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I yeah. Did, yeah. 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 Um, well, that is him. You know who fucking sucks though? Let's talk about two actresses that suck. And and, and uh, I'm good. yeah, Ventress, Doctor Ventress. I don't like Jennifer Jason Lee, <laughs> and she is one <laughs> of the biggest actresses. And I and I am a huge fan of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's a good actress. I've never. I thought she was the worst part of Hateful Eight. I think that everything, the way that she talks and the way she fidgets with things on her desk is just not believable. In an, in, in this movie, in Annihilation, yeah. Dude, I hate. I she is. That was almost Frances McDormand, and I would have loved that. Would have been so much better, dude. She's just like, dude. Talk about like the nuance. Like, if we're talking about how Amy Adams is not necessarily very nuanced in her performance in Arrival, Doctor Ventress is the least nuanced character, outwardly, but she should be super, super nuanced. And she should be more believable. And believable, and she's just this like flat asshole <laughs> there are some character writing issues there are some general. serious character writing issues like, in this movie. like one thing that is brought up by um layla that i didn't even think about is like uh, G- okay so like i was gonna say gina rodriguez who she agrees also is fucking terrible at acting the mm-hmm. person who plays anya mm-hmm. um i do like when she turns on them like? and loses her mind like what? no i don't fucking like Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. She does that. It, I Honestly, like, I, I like when she loses her mind a little bit. And the fact that she refuses to believe anything as they go along makes sense. You need that character because that is yes, yeah. a type of person who tackles cancer and self-destruction. Um, but she brought up a really good point. There's, Ventress is a psychologist. She is there as the psychologist. I mean, she's there because she wants to face it. But she's there as a psychologist. How does she not? How does she not like predict that that's going to happen with Anya? 
It, it, but I, what I think maybe it is is that she's such a sociopath. They they tell you she she knows no one. She has no friends or family or anything. That maybe she just allows it to happen and doesn't care. But like I don't really believe that. But like, is she the best? Like, there's just so many writing problems in Annihilation. Like, why this group of women? They they explain it like, well, they've only sent Dude. men. Well, Layla brought up another great point. Like. The biologist is literally the most important person there. And they just for them. add her in as an afterthought. Exactly. She wasn't even part of the plan. Which and is then crazy. and That's then the most annoying later. thing in the movie, writing wise, so like uh, the acting is fine. I, I agree with you. Tessa Thompson is fine. Gina Rodriguez is not that great. Everyone else is whatever. And and or to, to like borderline good when you're talking about Natalie Portman. I think Oscar Isaac is the best. Dr. Ventress is very clearly the worst. But the problem to me is the way that the movie is written. There are things like what we just talked about that bother me when the when the the scream bear shows up everyone is like wow i just heard something that is clearly an animal let's go down from the elevated lookout point that we're all sleeping in to the ground level to check and see what kind of clearly mutated animal has wandered into our vicinity that is a stupid idea and it, I couldn't get past it when I was watching the movie. I was like, dude, none of this needed to happen. Yeah, I'm close to giving it a lower one. I just think that ever, like the rest of the performances are pretty... None of them are like really bad. Like even, no. No, even no, no, no. Jennifer Jason Lee is not like a bad actress. I just don't like her. They're just weird and choices. They're choices that don't work. Do you know that, that Sonoya, Sonoya Mizuno, who... Yeah. Um, who is in devs and she she actually plays this I forgot she also is in human for like she plays yeah. the student at the beginning she has like but two she lines. plays the humanoid which is cool because it's like an extension of her dancing in ex machina yeah um she is I think her best role is actually maniac I think she's amazing in maniac oh I gotta check it out but she's she, you know that's seen a, maniac I don't think so. oh no no is that with the Jonah Hill and Emma yes. Stone and yeah, Justin yeah, yeah. Thoreau? Sorry, she's th- the other. She's the scientist who runs the lab. I was thinking of something else. Sorry, but she's oh, okay. she's really uh, like physical acting. That's yeah. a really cool role, and it was pretty awesome. I didn't know that uh, Garland had such a uh, like. Actor I think it's crush her on. muse or his yeah, muse. His or muse. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay, so Creepy. that was a four from each of us, and then yeah. with Arrival, we gave fives. Five. Um, okay, let's move on to eye candy. Let's start with Annihilation. We're almost as it, off track in this podcast as uh, as the uh, characters in Annihilation are in their true. movie. Uh, true. Uh, eye candy. Um, let's start with Annihilation. I got to say that most of the visuals and editing are amazing. It's a visually stunning movie. Garland has his own visual take on things that I really appreciate. Um, I remember watching the trailer and being really concerned that it looked too bright because they showed a lot of the scenes before they go into the shimmer and mm-hmm. everything in that little station outside of the shimmer looks weird visually. I don't, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but once they go into the shim- shimmer, it's beautiful. And he uses, le- hey, fucking JJ Abram, uh, Abrams, <laughs> listen up. This is how you use lens flares and you don't overuse it. They look cool. Big issue, though. The CGI monsters don't hold up on a TV screen. This is why theaters need to always exist, because in theaters, they looked fucking terrifying. Now they kind of look like I Am Legend. Um, Dude, I I, I want to mention one thing. Um, 
the way what Alex Garland ch- so like I've I've explained what like mise en scène means when you're talking about a movie it's pretty much like what the director wants you to see what's presented in front of you a mm-hmm. lot of it is like production design and where the actors are what Alex Garland chooses to show you and not show you is really brilliant as a director and sometimes there are just unexplainable things in the background and I love that that just keep you engaged and visually um sometimes there's just skeletons arranged in a certain way sticking out of the sand you know sometimes the plants are shaped are like you, humans are you talking about the skeletons at the end of the movie yeah yeah can we side side note real quick who are they i think they're the other soldiers oscar isaac's other soldiers or maybe they're whoever worked in the lighthouse or people that were around the lighthouse when they first like oh, started me that makes more sense because yeah. when you see Oscar Isaac's video, he like looks out from the front door of the lighthouse with the video camera and the skeletons are all there. Now, granted, yeah. he could have put them there and then filmed it and been like, dang, I did a good job with those skeletons. Well, it is possible because he had lost his mind and it was like maybe like a tribute yeah, or something. Yeah, I couldn't tell which one is what. It doesn't really matter. It's just a cool thing that I noticed. Exactly. It's like what's cool about it is he puts that in there with no explanation and yeah. you're stuck thinking of that. Um, I like the plants that are shaped like humans, that the humans became part of it. Mm-hmm. Layla thought that was really stupid and didn't and uh, Julie did too that's funny the point is that it refracted into everyone and then they became a part of it yeah and then they explain it and it's kind of cool to learn like that there's like a gene that describes the physical form of something and they're like yeah it's just taking on human form it's kind of cool didn't understand why Tessa Thompson just turns into a plant in like seven seconds though oh yeah fair what do you think about like visuals of the movie I honestly, like, putting everything aside, I gave Annihilation a six right now. By the way, this is the one of the most neck, uh, neck-and-neck uh, races that we've had right now. I Wait, think, between the two movies? I think so, because okay. I think if I have what you have down correct, um, we have a rival by one right now. Okay, well, we'll see. We but I gave a Annihilation a six here, um, because everything aside... I think it's stunning visually. Uh, the way that the visuals and the audio are synced together is really powerful. Um, That's a great point. And the set design and the creature design is really interesting. However, I do agree that it doesn't necessarily hold up on a TV screen or have as much um, importance, or like not importance, but as much uh, significance. Um, I don't know if they're like necessarily. Like I don't, I don't know what it is. It's almost more like the audio of the creatures is so strange and distorted. Yeah, that, that it blends with how they move in a really disorienting way, and that's what's cool about them. I don't know. The design is really interesting in the whole movie. I gave it a six. Yeah, I'm a, I'm slightly below just because there are a lot of scenes that I don't like visually, but I think overall I think it's a visually stunning movie. And even Layla had said in her email, she said like, this is visually one of my favorite movies yeah. of the last like decade. Um, let's let's talk about Arrival pretty quickly on on Eye Candy. I gave that Arrival I gave a little bit higher, a six, and I and hmm. it's very close to being a seven. But there are some things that like that bring it down for me that I can't give it a perfect score. First of all, I'm in awe that Denis Villeneuve made this movie with 47 million. It looks so incredible. That's like wild. it looks like a crazy. He is the master of budgets. Like that's he, wild. Uh, one of I them. had no idea. 
Um, Bradford Young, the cinematographer, is the first African-American to ever be nominated for Best Cinematographer, which awesome. is bullshit because it was in 2017. That is a very yeah. long time for that to happen. But I love the visual style and the crispness of uh, digital um, cinematography. I think some directors use digital really well. Um he, they they coined they call this like dirty sci-fi Villeneuve and Young like call it dirty sci-fi and I love that interesting um, Bradford Young also shot Selma which I think is visually fucking incredible um, it's it's interesting though because you hate when movies have a tint and Denis Villeneuve is pretty well known for having a tint in his he movies does have a tint is that tint yeah. black. Because Dude, the movie was so dark. It's blue. It's like almost like fog is permanently there. Yeah. Speaking of which, that scene with the fog rolling in is just like, I just don't, I, Amazing. that's so, I don't even know how they caught that. Um, it's gorgeous and visually creative and incredible, but it's not my favorite Villeneuve movie. I like his Deacons, Roger Deacons movies a lot more visually. Um, and it's not even my favorite visual movie from that year specifically. So, it's definitely one of the best modern sci-fis in terms of how it looks. So I gave it a six. It's close to a seven. It's almost a 6.5. Okay. You've convinced me to move it to a six from a five and mm-hmm. just put away my like dislike of the tint, which is that was on the movie. Julie will tell you like the first quarter of the movie. I was like, is our TV broken? Why is it so dark? Because it was that dark. Yeah. I kept changing settings because it was it's just such a dark movie but then i remembered when we watched it together i think we watched it together when we lived together no i maybe maybe oh i rewatched it with you because i saw yeah. it alone in yeah, theaters. yeah you had seen yeah. it in theaters that's right i think i had the yep. same thought that okay. it was really dark when i think about it um but i do really really love how the heptapods are designed yeah. It's like one of my favorite alien designs for sure especially when you see how like they're full form when she's inside yes. the thing. Yes. The reveal that they're way taller is really interesting because you just like, they didn't need to do that. But then you're like, what are these things? Yeah. However, it does kind of defeat the purpose that they're like, um, they're supposed to be uh, radially symmetrical. They have seven mm. seven legs and they're radially symmetrical. So that's why they're like another clue that their language is like, doesn't have any linear form necessarily. For but sure. then they like kind of have a face at the end. Yeah. But that kind of defeats the purpose. Like if they were truly this just like like leg circle of legs that makes more sense. I don't know. That was like a little thing. Doesn't really take okay. away from my rating. I love the way they're designed. I just was like, why is it like that? I gave okay, it a 6. Fair. I don't I don't have any issues with the way that this movie is is designed or the way it looks. Um but I don't think it's perfect. I gave it a 6 not a 7. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm at a. It, it's very close to being a seven for me. It's my type of movie. It's just that it, I, I strongly recommend that people watch all of Denny Villeneuve's movies, especially the ones that Roger Deakins shot and was nominated for, because fucking hell, he makes if, beautiful movies. If I have your ratings correct, and I might have missed one, it is 37 to 36. Oh, interesting. Well, let's see, because this is going to be this. I th- So let's go into our last category, which is legacy. Legacy is where we talk about how this movie will be viewed in the history of time, the history of these types of movies, um, and how people reacted to it at the time. So I, maybe they, this is, I think this is where we're going to find some differences, Nick. Uh, 
Yeah. You were also glitching a little bit. It's all good. Um, let's start <laughs> with Annihilation. No, no, no. Let's start with Arrival because we're already on it. I'm hovering between a five and a six for Arrival. And, I, and I'm, I'm almost inclined to give it a six. It made $203 million on a $47 million budget. That's great. It was nominated for eight Oscars and it won one. It mm-hmm. literally had no chance to win Best Picture because that was the year of Moonlight and La La no, Land. It should which not are... have won, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, uh, it ha- it was strong in a lot of those things, and I like that it was nominated. And eight Oscars is a lot. Um, really high reviews, eighty-one on Metacritic, eighty-two percent audience on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety-four percent critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, people were really impacted by it. I don't think it's anyone's favorite movie, but I do think it's some people. Some people really like this type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my sixth favorite movie of 2016, <laughs> um, and it probably stays there because that year was fucking crazy good. Yeah. Um, but uh, Denis Villeneuve's like career kind of blew up even more after this. You know, he had Prisoners yeah. and this and Sicario, and so huh. he. Uh, I. Did you say you gave it a six or a five? I'm hovering between a five and a six. I want to hear what you say. Interesting. Um, I totally messed up before, by the way. It's 42, 43. I wasn't counting your scores in mine before. Yeah. That's rude. Uh, I also, I gave it a six, a hard six. Like, I'm not going to bend here. Yeah, I'm going to switch this. Um, Like you said, it's up for a bunch of awards. That's all I had to say was my score. And then you, wow, you're a sheep, dude. No, I was just like, I was hovering between the two. Yeah, well, you're a hovering sheep. Hey, fuck off. Arrival was up for all of those awards. It won an award. Um, and and I really think, like, it's not a seven to me because I think that it's received that way because it is a l- more simplified sci-fi film yeah. than most other thought-provoking sci-fi films. Totally. Um I think that's why it was received the way it was because it's more clear and um, and less heady than other movies, sci-fi movies are. It's I also really not think a seven that's... because it actually it you know it was nominated for a lot, but it, and, and it made a good amount of money, but it didn't make like a crazy amount of money, and it didn't um, no it didn't win much. And and for us, like neither of us like would put it as our favorite from the last decade. No, I just think that that's, I was really trying hard to think in this category, like why, why arrival has a generally better like legacy than annihilation, despite not really being that different in quality. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's that. It's just that it's more clear. It's like a stupider sci-fi movie. A hundred percent. And and so we we can move on to Annihilation because for Legacy. Because so Annihilation, I'm still going to give a four um, average. Um, The reviews were actually pretty good. Uh, The audience, less so. And I think the problem is that it is a very divisive movie. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to understand. I mean, Layla didn't like the movie because a lot of it, like even when I explained certain things or she read those, like I I sent her a bunch of articles yesterday. She was like, "I, I mean, that's cool, but that wasn't what I watched in the movie. For me... I don't like a movie that hand held, uh, hand holds you and explains Mm -hmm. everything. I like ambiguous symbolic things. So it works for me, but it doesn't for everyone. 
It essentially made $3 million, but that's a little deceiving. So it was a $40 million budget, and then it made $43 million. But the problem was that because the movie was so ambiguous, one of the producers at Paramount didn't want he wanted them to fix it to make it easier for people to understand oh. and the and this other producer was like no i really like what alex garland did here i have final cut let's just release it this way i'm not going to fuck with this director on this especially because p- places like netflix give you so much creative control and these yeah. studios it was paramount they wanted to keep that but because of that internal fighting it ended up getting released by Netflix internationally. Mm -hmm. And that's why those numbers are a little bit skewed. So it probably could have made a lot more internationally. Yeah. Um, Yep. I think one big thing is this, this movie, even if it's not really well loved, I think the conversation around it will remain. And I think that it's an interesting thing that if I mentioned Annihilation at like a party or something or on Instagram, a bunch of people will be like really fucking trippy movie. What did you think about the ending or whatever? And 13th favorite of 2018 for me out of 72 movies. Not too shabby, but not great. <laughs> You're a freak. What do you think, Nicholas? You're a freak. Uh, I am a freak. Whoa. What, what was your rating? Oh, dude, my pits are... I gave it a four. My pits are real sweaty. I also four gave it a seven. four, dude. Are we boys? I think we're boys. Hey, did we just become best friends? Um, <clears throat> that was earlier. I forgot to ask you, um, do you like guacamole? <laughs> I don't. This is how we do. It. I don't think that annihilation. Um, I, I just don't think that people talk about it. Like it's it's not like a revelation. It's yeah. well received, but it, it ends up falling short, and it's not really like spectacular. I think a lot of people really don't like it because it's so, like, it's so out there. It follows that like out there vein of sci-fi movies that is cool and I like them and it's like totally my jam, but generally it's not everybody's jam, you know? It's not even everybody's jam. It's not even everybody's jelly. Uh, It's not even everybody's preserves. Um, It's not even everybody's marmalade. (laughs) It's not even everybody's chutney. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think, I mean like, I almost feel like if they tried to keep it to the trilogy thing, it would I would have more of a legacy. It might have been cool to to like I don't, I don't know spin it off that way, but they're tri- they're not going to do that. I, I just think it's not spectacular. I gave it a four. I, I don't know what else to say about it. It just it's just That's not. Fair. I do want to quickly talk about the ending because sure. we kind of like we skipped that earlier, but like so there are, there are two ways of reading that end. I, for a while, I've seen it three times, I think. For a while, I was, like, pretty positive that Lena survives because that's what they give you. The real Lena. The real Lena. But when Kane asks if if she is Lena, she doesn't answer. And you see the shimmer in her eye, which I think is part of. So the the idea of the shimmer in both of their eyes is in the in the realm of cancer and self destruction is them both being survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as you mentioned with some other character, that it's something that always lives with you forever. Right. And she has the the tattoo to remind her of that. Too. Right. You can push it off into the distance, but it's still following you. But there is. 
a possibility that that's not Lena and that she's an unreliable narrator in the scene with Benedict Wong and what she says is not actually what happened. And that's why I'm wondering because he puts emphasis. So when Kane at the beginning drinks the water, he gets sick and almost dies. Mm -hmm. And an issue is that like Layla had pointed out in her email is that like, Oh, so the grenade just like the thing just accepts the grenade and then like dies. And then the whole shimmer goes away. Why is Kane alive? I have a feeling that whatever died in there just released both Kane and Lena as humanoids into the world. And there's the point, she doesn't take a sip of water until Benedict Wong says that the thi- whatever she I- encountered died. And then she sips the water and she's fine. And she finds out that Kane is also fine now. I think maybe the humanoids escaped. I think that Lena is the real Lena because that's what we see. We don't have any reason to believe that she's an unreliable. I mean, unless she actually is the humanoid, but then when Oscar Isaac is the humanoid, he's just really confused as if he's still Oscar Isaac. He's just a duplicate and is like trying to figure things out. And then she clearly remembers once he's, yeah, once he's detached from the shimmer, he starts to become more Oscar Isaac because I think he is Oscar Isaac genetically. He's just the same. He's just like a new reborn version of him. I think that Lena is the original Lena. And I mean, if this movie, if we were going to make a legacy score for like how many Reddit posts there are about these movies, like Annihilation would blast Arrival out of the That's water. That's why I said it's going to be part of the conversation forever. But it's mostly stupid. I was yeah. reading through them and I think it's just people reading too far into it. Like they oh, think that there's this like little image of the water in the cup, like doing the thing that water does where like, no, yeah, just, that's just, it, I just think, like, that's just what water I think does. he just showed that. Cause that's a beautiful way of showing what happens with water. Yeah, That's what cup. water molecules do. They, they Oh, like, I know. I figured in, some people are going to read into it. Mutating and they, they, people and dude. There's so many Reddit. Like, uh, there's another way to view the water scene that she, re- she takes the water to make sure that she is indeed really her and that it would. Right. And her. I think that she is, but the reason she doesn't answer Kane's question are you the real Lena? Because does it matter? And also, she's not. Yeah. She, it's too late. Yeah, she's already no. Like she's it. part. She's part Anya. She's part Shimmer. She's part. I mean, oh, I don't oh, know. In terms of she chemistry could, and stuff, yeah, I actually really could, like maybe, the ending too. Because maybe she's it's got like, gills under there, dude. Who knows? Oh yeah, she true. mutated into a bunch of different weird stuff. True, because it already refracted into her. Dude, uh, what I do really like about the ending, especially if there's like issues with chemistry, that's the point of the movie. And I like that it's a restart in their relationship because he's not the same. There's a movie called The One I Love that's amazing with Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss that you should watch on Netflix. Um, It's really good, but it's kind of the same concept, but like goofier. Uh, Anyways, all right, let's add it up. Uh, Annihilation, I gave a 25 out of 35. And which is okay. I believe, uh, and Arrival, I gave a 29 out of 35. Yeah, and I believe that. So I didn't add them. I think I added them up in total rather than adding mine up and your okay. like separately. And so I gave, I think I gave Annihilation the exact same score as you. So we end up with I a 50. It was one higher because you had one of the things you had. And we balanced. Oh, wait, but you, one had low and one had a higher. We balanced each yeah. other out and then Arrival. Yeah. 
Um, I gave a slightly lower score than you, which is surprising, but we ended up with 54. So this okay, is one of our closer. 54 out of 74 yeah, arrival. 54 to and how 50. Much for an, 54, 54 to, 50. to 50. Damn, that is a close one, and really, I actually really wasn't expecting that. Really close. You were expecting me to love Annihilation a bunch, but I actually had a lot of problems no, with it. No, you I were pretty realistic about it. I just think yeah. that it could have... I mean, it's a good movie. It's fun. I like it. Well, let's Whatever. give out some awards right now in our yeah. accolade section. Let's start with the MVP. Heptapods. I think there's a clear winner. Yeah, I think it's just Aliens in general. I put Aliens too, but really, when I think about it, it's just Heptapods. It's Aliens. Maybe. It's, it's aliens. aliens. MVP is uh, Aliens. Who's your LVP? Mine is very specific. Jennifer Jason Lee. Interesting. Okay, as an actress in it. Yes. I put Shepard. Because the mm. Shepard, the Swedish girl who mm-hmm. gets killed by this. Oh, I didn't even mention the Scream Bear is supposed to represent like the what people like the the horrifying image of like in cancer self destruction of the like the last thing that people see about you, and like I have that. Oh. I mean, like it's really fucking sad. It's the last thing they hear or see. It's supposed to represent the horrors of that, and Yikes. that's I think it's brilliant. Um, like, but yeah, she's the LVP. She no, dies like no, quickly. I, no, I don't fucking like. <laughs> no, I don't I like. Uh, who's your comeback player? Uh, Oscar Isaac. So this is comeback player is the performance, or or, or it's anything that grew on you. Because mine, is, grew a, on mine you. is more specific. Yeah. Or mine is weirder. But yeah, something Oscar that Isaac's grew good. on you, just like the eel stomach guy grows onto the wall. Yeah, mutate. Uh, I say the overall government. They had a huge comeback in these movies, dude, because the they world. actually tackled things appropriately or mostly appropriately as um, opposed to E.T. and they... Su- Okay, but E.T. and Super 8, they were just like as evil as possible and didn't do They it were right. cartoonishly evil. In Annihilation, they, they kind of muck everything up, dude. They just keep they sending people in to die. because their operation is too small early on. But I think that the approach, especially when you get into like Benedict Wong's character and his team, like that seems yeah, like they were approaching yeah. it better. But I mean, their um, idea is like, oh, we sent a bunch of dudes in and they all died. Maybe so we send women ladies? in. <laughs> I love that. Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, dude. Wow. Uh, who's your sixth man of the year? The person who did the most with the least. Um, oh, shoot. What is her first name? The, the girl that plays Lily. Oh, Sonoya Mizuno? Mizuno. I just put, yeah. I, I don't know her first name. That's interesting. Yeah, her dancing is pretty great. Dude, um, once I learned that, I was like, wow, that's a really cool role. I, awesome I knew thing. that early on, and I was like, wow, that's fucking weird. Is this girl ever going to be able to talk in things? And then the first movie that you actually see her talk a lot, she's in La La Land for like a little bit, but the first no. movie you actually hear or, or thing you hear her talk in is Maniac, and she has this hilarious British accent and is so great in that. Um, I put Oscar Isaac. I, he was in, barely in the movie. I thought he was really good. I also put Jeremy Renner because I think Jeremy Renner's performance was great for me. You're and you're wrong. a fucking hater. And I'm a hater. I'm, I'm, not even, I'm a hater, man. I'm a hater. Uh, what's your all-star team? Pick five My performances team? that you think are great. You go first. Tessa Thompson, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Natty P, and Oscar Isaac. God, I just disagree with four out of five of those. That four? Was the, that was the worst all-star team you've ever put together. Well, yeah, because I don't think the performances. I don't in need to. I don't need great. to hear you explain it. I've already made my decision. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> my all-star team is Abbott, Costello, oh. Scream Bear, Shark Gator, and Oscar Isaac. But not. Yeah, okay. But I not the, the actual performance. Not not sure. not real Oscar Isaac. Uh, 
organ failure, Oscar Isaac. Ooh. <laughs> um, Kane, humanoid Kane. Uh, do you have an infant troop in award for dumbest moment? I yes. think for you, it's when they go f- down from the tower. Yes. I'm just going to agree with you there. That is the dumbest thing, dude. It, just I do think, think about that. I get, I get it. They're disoriented, but they literally heard what is very obviously an animal. And they were all like, oh, we should definitely go downstairs. Yeah. Don't go downstairs if you hear an animal downstairs. Fun yeah. fact. Just, okay. a, just a life hack for everybody. I'm, I think I'm going to agree with you. It's, it doesn't logically make any sense. Uh, do you have? And now I have a new name for our best moment. It's the hitherto undreamt of award. No, oh my God. For uh, greatest moment. Um, do you have a greatest moment in either of these movies? Or yes, when they are, when Luis and Ian ascend into the ship. And everyone, everyone they're with has already been there or least seen footage of it. Yes. And they're just like, what is this? It's fucking brilliant. And Denis Villeneuve and the screenwriter like took a long time to figure out how they were going to do that. That is and an I think amazing what they do is, scene. It's visually incredible. That is an amazing um, scene. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah. If we're uh, going to talk about movies that involve aliens that are very different than, um, than humans coming to earth and then humans have to find a way to interact with that alien i'm definitely going to choose uh the sonic the hedgehog movie oh my Uh, gosh have you seen it actually yeah i just rented it yesterday julie and i was it good it's fun it's fun yeah oh really was jim carrey great in it yes mostly 70 percent good 30 percent. oh yeah that's just jimmy c nice yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't think you were going to go with that, but cool. I'll I know. You kind of ruined my lead up to it, so I hate you. What's your rack? I thought it would be funny if it was Coneheads. Um, my rack's uh, Contact, a uh, movie with Jodie Foster, uh, is a lot like Arrival. Actually, uh, Billy, um, big listener of the pod, um, had suggested that we do that instead Steeps. of Annihilation. But I actually am glad we did Annihilation because of how close those scores were. Um, yeah. And then Stalker, which is Andre Tarkovsky's movie that is very similar to Annihilation, um, though the author, Jeff Vandermeer, says that he didn't base it at all on uh, what what Stalker is from and, or Stalker in general. And then Devs, really yes. recommend the show Devs. It's not for everyone. It's, Alex Garland is tough, man. He gives a lot of themes and they're hard to understand. But it is beautiful. I and love then that show. Uh, the rest of Denis Villeneuve's movies, I especially um, think that people should watch Ensendies. It's spelled like Incendies. It's his uh, Canadian movie. Uh, it's fucked up. It has like a really fucked reveal, um, but it is beautiful and he's a great director. Um, nice. Anyways, you uh, next week we are Music. going to be doing. Next week we're going to be doing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, two Shakespearean rom-com high school movies. We will be doing She's the Man starring Amanda Bynes uh, versus 10 Things I Hate About You starring Julia Stiles and uh, the dearly departed Heath Ledger. So watch those two movies. I think uh, they're available on Netflix and Hulu and Disney+. Plus. So just look them up. Um, you can follow us on social media. We are at Instagram.com slash facing off pod. Um, oh, I've the been... music goes here. 
Well, I, I put the music earlier. All right. Um, and I also have been giving out movie recommendations and stuff to stream while you are inside. Uh, and I just did HBO Go, so definitely check that out on Instagram. Uh, and then Twitter, twitter.com slash facingoffpod. Nick has been so active on it, y'all. You guys should fucking read um, your tweets. Uh, and then send us an email. We got three emails this time, and we really appreciated that. Thank you so much. Everyone, let us know what you thought about these movies, and just let us know your thoughts on what's going on during quarantine. Facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Nick, do you have a send-off? Help me! Help me! <laughs>